Dear Father God, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts this morning will be found holy and pleasing unto you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's start off with a big question. You ready? What is God's will for your life? I believe that that is probably the million dollar question, Pastor Trent, for every believer that's sitting in this room and in the global church. That is something that we talk about with our children as they start to figure out their careers. What is God's will for your life? And I'm sure that your pastor has had plenty of conversations, maybe, maybe with some of you, on trying to discover what your gifts are, what God has called you to do in your life. And see, we don't have the physical presence that Peter, James, and John had of Jesus walking along the, the lake and saying, come follow me. We don't have that, um, that blessing to have him physically with us. So what are we supposed to do? Well, I think I have a question, uh, an answer for you, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say it here. And you say, I'm not, I'm not thinking too big of myself now. Think about that. But I think I have an answer for that. because I think we're asking the wrong question. I think we know what God's will is for our life, but I I think our question is, how am I supposed to do what God has called me to do? And so I want to talk about that with you this morning as God's will for your life. So if you will, if you have your Bible with you or you're going to follow on the screen, let's look at Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. And it says... Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So friends, there it is right there in black and white. It's red if you have a red letter Bible, depending on your translation, that Jesus has issued the will for our life. And that is to go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them the way that I've taught you, and remember that I will be with you for always while you do it. Now that's my paraphrase of it. And I think where we get caught up is how God wants us to do this. You see, this passage is deemed the Great Commission. And until recently, I believed all people who grew up in church or faithfully attended church at some point in their life, knew this passage and that this passage was called the Great Commission. But recently, my eyes were opened to the opposite of that. In 2017, five years ago, the great survey group known as Barna did a survey of 1,004 churchgoers. Okay? Churchgoers, not people just walking through the mall. You know how those people are always out in the mall wanting to take a survey or they call... This was churchgoers that they surveyed. And the survey asked this question, have you heard the Great Commission? And 51% of churchgoers said no. Think about that. 51% of churchgoers said no, they did not know the Great Commission. <clears throat> 25% said yes, they had, but they couldn't recall the meaning of it. 17% said yes, and it means this. And 6% said they weren't sure that they knew it or not. 
This same group of 1,004 churchgoers was also given five different familiar Bible passages that included the one that we just read, and 37% were able to identify this passage as the Great Commission. This mission statement for WM North Carolina states that we, as an organization, want to challenge, prepare, and equip Christian believers to become radically involved in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Well, we have a lot of work cut out for us if 51% of our churches, people sitting in our churches, don't even know the the Great Commission to begin with. Did you know that the Great Commission is printed in lots of places all over, and yet our church people don't know that it's the Great Commission. So let's break down this passage this morning, which is what I want to do, and look at what Jesus is telling us to do as he's calling us and the sending that he gave us. This first word that he said was go. And it's a powerful two-letter word, the word go. He said go instead of sit and wait for them to come to you. He said go instead of invite. He said go instead of build what you think the community wants and let them come to you. He said go. But where are we supposed to go? You ask me. Well, let's think about this. In Acts chapter 1, a little bit further down, Luke continues this conversation of Jesus' great commission and he says this in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So let me ask you this. Where do you go every day? Think about that. You go to the grocery store. You go to the bank. You go to work. You take your children to daycare or to school. You go to a restaurant. You go to a park, you go to the ball field, and I could go on and on and on to the places that you go. These places that you go are your Jerusalems. Going doesn't have to involve a mission trip, even though there's importance. Going doesn't involve being on a plane, a train, or an auto rickshaw like I've ridden in, in India, where while mission trips to faraway places are certainly worthwhile and even necessary. They are not the end-all and be-all of the go we are commanded to do. Go can mean to your nursing homes, to your schools, to your foster homes, to your homeless shelter. Go means to get out of our comfort zone, out of our familiar places, out of our home and our churches, and go to the places that need to know the love of Jesus. In 2010, the best-selling author and evangelical minister, David Platt, his church in Shelby County, Alabama, made a radical decision in their decision to go. Now, this is going to sound a lot like your church, I know. Their 4,000-member church was doing a building campaign to provide a larger space for their worship, and they decided to scrap their plans. They changed their mind. They had a surplus of $500,000. Think about that. They had planned on facilities, and they decided that they would give those to partner churches in India, where 41% of the world's impoverished people live. They trimmed another $1.5 million from their budget, 
and use that to say they'll use that savings to build wells, to provide um, education, medical care, and share the gospel in impoverished places around the world. But that they didn't stop there. That was globally. Locally, they called their human resources in, in Shelby County there, and they talked to the foster care system, and they said, how many families would it take to get every child out of the foster care system in our county? And the lady laughed and said it would be a miracle if we could get 150 families. And they had 160 families in their church sign up to be a foster or adoptive family for the children that needed a home. Now I know that not every church is like his church in Shelby County. My, my church is certainly not a church like his in Shelby County. But that's not the point. The point is, what is our, my church, what is your church doing to serve the people here in your area, China Grove and mine in Winston-Salem? Because when we look at our budgets that we do for our churches every year, do we take care of ourselves, or do our budgets show that we're taking care of those who need to know desperately that God loves them just the way they are, and he wants a relationship with them so badly that he sent his one and only son to die for them so that relationship would be possible. Can we as believers sacrifice the comfort of our churches and go and share the gospel in our communities? It doesn't have to be in India or South Africa or China. Not everyone is called to go to a district country. It can be just down the street. WMU North Carolina has opportunities for churches to go. While COVID has put some halts on our mission trips that we plan and sponsor throughout the year, um, we do have ideas of how your church can be involved in missions around your community. And some of those mission trips are starting to, ramp, to vamp back up if you're interested in participating. On our WMU North Carolina website, we have a tab for Compassion Ministries that extend our arms a little further to help provide safe drinking water, help women and children around the world have an income and a safe place to live. Your church can sign up also to help supply items for our red boxes that are delivered to our women's prisons in North Carolina for Christmas. WMU North Carolina also supports those who are called as career missionaries. Through your gifts to the Heck Jones offering that you're giving today, Newly appointed North Carolina missionaries get a uh, care package to help support them in their new place of ministry. The women of North Carolina um, in WMU are, have also been the biggest prayer supporters and giving in missions to missionaries throughout um, that are serving on the field. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Baptize and teach them to obey what I've taught you. Making disciples is more of a conversation and it's more of a conversion experience. Making a disciple means investing in their spiritual well-being and development. Because as a follower of Jesus, who should look like him and should be able to show his way, we want, as we share our message with those, to have others to become like him as we strive to become like him. You see, he was very radical in the way he dealt with the world and the outcast. He was radical in his dealing with the Pharisees. He was radical in his dealings with the poor and the least and the lost and the forgotten. He was radical with dealing with his enemies 
and as we go, do we see someone who proclaims themselves as Christians, set them apart as someone different, treating others with the same grace and mercy that we have been shown over and over again, living the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control? Or when they look at us as a disciple of Christ, do they see someone who looks like everyone else in the world? Are we loving those who persecute us? Are we praying for our enemies? Do we turn the other cheek? Because if we do not look different from what they already have in the world, why do they want to be like us and ultimately our Savior? Being a disciple means that we look like our Master in every way. And that is a life-changing experience we should be offering to share. You heard in this, this video... Um, a few chapters back in Matthew 25, the reference to the sheep and the goats, the division of the nations. Jesus said going to he was going to divide those based on how they served the poor, the hungry, the sick, the naked, and the imprisoned. Did you notice that the division was not based on whether they were a believer? These were already believers, but rather how the people of the nations were following the actions of their teacher and those who looked like their master, teacher, and took care of the least and lost and forgotten. Those are the ones that are welcomed into the kingdom of God, not the ones who just gave lip service. They were told to go away. You see, being a, a disciple means our actions and living look like those of our Savior. Jesus' message, went, as he went, was very clear, and he showed us very clearly how he wanted us to deal with the people he didn't give us a list of who we could and couldn't love. That would be easy, wouldn't it? He just said to love people as he demonstrated love for us. He loved the lepers, the children, the tax collectors, the women, the thieves, the sinners, everyone he met. No matter their race or their social status, he just loved them. If we are to make disciples, we must follow the footsteps of our Savior and love everyone whether we think they deserve it or not and teach them to love the way that Jesus has taught us to love. St. Francis of Assisi is credited for saying, teach at all times, and if necessary, use words. It's not our job to decide who gets the love of Jesus. It's our job to share it freely. And WMU North Carolina has a way to help with that too. Through our different age level groups, from our preschools to our adults, WMU North Carolina disciples children and women and youth and men to become missional in their lifestyles. They also help new churches that are churches that have new groups get those, dis, those um, resources at a discounted price. I know that some of your group um, was at the Abound training yesterday teaching them how to lead you all through your missions group this coming year. And that is a wonderful resource that we have. We also, through our offering, provide our, month, our um, quarterly magazine called Tar Hill Talk, free of charge to anybody who wants it. And that's because you give to the Heck Jones offering. We also have mission ideas that, in that magazine that help you as a community reach out to your community. But we also offer things as well as our state um, uh, mission trips that you saw there as well. That magazine helps with Bible studies and all kinds of things to help you through um, discipling members of your church. Every April, we have our annual missions conference. This past year, it was in Fayetteville. 
and we had uh, Valerie, I'm going to say Elliot, but her last name's not Elliot or Shepherd. Valerie Elliot Shepherd, she was the daughter of Jim and Elizabeth Elliot, who were missionaries to a people group in the Amazon that were very primitive. And you remember, if you remember her story, her father was killed with, along with four other missionaries that were tried, um, were trying to reach this tribe. And later, as they began to know who Jesus was and they promised not to kill anymore, Valerie and her mother Elizabeth went back to live with the same people who killed her father. If that's not grace and mercy in action, I'm not sure what it is. This conference that we have every year will be at the last weekend in April. I invite you to go ahead and mark that on your calendar. It's going to be in Greensboro, just up the road. Um, and it's going to be an exciting time. Our theme will be Ignite this year, and I hope that you all will join because you will have an opportunity to learn how to be better disciples um, and how to more better to go at those times. How many of you are podcast listeners? Anybody? Jump on the... I'm not a podcast listener. I, if I listen to the radio, I want to hear music. But I, I do listen to this one occasionally because it's a lot of fun. Uh, the two young ladies that you saw with the world, in the Worldcraft um, video there, Amanda and Becca, have started a podcast called Beyond the Moment. And it's based on Micah 6.8. And each session encourages you to live a missional lifestyle, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. They're a lot of fun. They're very entertaining. They're entertaining when they're not on the podcast, when you put the two of them together in a room. Um, but they're also very encouraging in a way for you to be educated and discipled. How many moms do we have out here? Moms, go ahead and raise your hand. Mm -hmm. We have a retreat for you coming up in November, specific, specific to moms, tailored to moms, to encourage you to disciple you in becoming a missional mom in your home. Um, information about that is also on our WMU North um, WMU I cannot speak that word to say WMUNC website and the registration is up for that if you would like to spend a weekend at Camp Moon Vista um, in discipleship as a mom but we can't forget about the final part of the verse where Christ promises to be with us until the end I know a lot of us get nervous when we think about going out of our comfort zone and talking to people. It makes me very nervous to be in front of you this morning talking out of my comfort zone, even though I'm in front of people all day in a classroom. But just as God said to Moses and to Joshua, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Jesus told those gathered as he was leaving that he would be with us to the end of the age. And in the Acts passage where that that conversation is continued. He also promised to send the Comforter to be with us. And what a promise that is. I ask you this. Who needs to hear that promise that God is with them no matter what they face? I'm sure you have people in your life that need to know that. I'm sure you have people, family, that are battling cancer. You may have a coworker that has lost a parent or a church member who has lost their job. The list goes on and on and on. Who needs to know that God that created the universe promises to be with them in, the, in all things, no matter what they face. What is God's will for your life? Go, make disciples, teach them to do these things that I have commanded you, and don't forget, I'm going to be with you 
to the end of the age. WMU wants to support you and challenge you and equip you and prepare you to become radically involved in the Great Commission. We don't do our mission without the support of this Heck Jones offering that you have heard about today and that you're supporting today. We are not in competition with Baptist on Men. We're all working towards the same goal, making disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. But we cannot do it without your support. You've already heard about our Heck Jones offering. I know Jeannie said you all had a focus back in February. Um, we thank you for your gifts that you're giving today. If you were not prepared today and still want to give, there's a way for you to give on our website under the Give tab if you go to wmunc.org. If you're also a Bitly fan, you can go to our Bitly address, which is the bit.ly backslash give to WMUNC, all lowercase levels, letters. These donations that you give are tax deductible, and you will receive a letter of thanks for your donation and for you to include with your taxes at the end of the year. As you leave this place today, remember that God loves you more than you can ever imagine. He forgives you, and there's nothing that you can do to change that. Take that with you as you go to do God's will of sharing that love and the forgiveness radically to the kingdom of God this week.